We're going to get right into the series. We're excited about this because we're, we're in this series called Essentials, going back to the basics. And normally we have a series for one month. Every month is a new series, but really felt the beginning of this year. We're going to go two months on this topic called the Essentials because our, our goal, my, my role today, and I mean this honestly with all my heart, is not to build this church, it's to build you. That, that, that's my goal. I'm 57. I have no ego that needs to be filled by saying we've got this many in our church and the church is growing. We shared with you last Sunday. In the last year, we had 177 salvations in here on Sunday morning. That's the best number we can share with you. And, uh, and that's the people that filled out the card. Many of them are you. 158 of those 177 completed growth track which means they're being discipled and getting on their journey with God. And those are the numbers that really matter to me. We could throw up numbers on how many were here and all of that, but that comes and goes. But those numbers matter. And 133 of those were baptized in water last year. And so, but my role as a pastor and my goal and and the goal of our pastoral team is not to build the church, it's to build you and to help you grow spiritually that this year is the best year of your life. How many still set on this year being the best year of your life, amen? And, and I, here's what I'm asking to you, and we commit to you as a team, as a pastoral team and a staff here at the church, if you'll commit to us this year, just commit. This year, we promise to commit back to you. And the four things that we're, we, we really want to help you and you focus on this year is, number one, is that you know God. Is that you don't just come and join a church and then struggle in the thing called Christianity. We want you to know God in a very personal way. And, and we do that through relationships. We do that through church services. But we've also just started an eight-week discipleship class that is like none you will ever attend, I promise you. And if, how many were here? If you were here, go, hoorah. Was that not life change? Well, should everybody come to that or what? Amen. And, and that's going to start number two. We'll start back tomorrow night. And I really want to encourage you. It's eight weeks long. It's life-changing. But when you finish these eight weeks, you're going to know God. We've got more feedback this week from that one class than probably anything we've done in this church so far. The feedback has been tremendous. And here's the thing. If you think you already know it all, you're in the worst place you could ever be in your life. Because if you're the smartest person in your room, you're in the wrong room. Because you're not growing. And and so we want to challenge you, no matter what you've been through, get into these classes and know God. Number two is we want you to find freedom. And we do that through small groups. And we're going to kick off our new semester, 13 weeks of small groups. Life change comes through relationship. Pastor Brad will talk to you more about that at the end of service. And then discover your purpose. And we do that through Grow Track. And I want to challenge you, if you've been through Grow Track and you're not on a team yet, go back through Grow Track and let's just totally re-engage this year and find your purpose, find your calling in God and get connected. And on Grow Track, we start again tonight, 101. What a perfect time to get re-engaged in Grow Track. And then we have what? The dream team. And, and that's where you serve and you find your purpose and you serve and, and you fulfill God's role and you make a difference. You make a difference in people's lives. And, and, and I want to challenge you. You do that by serving. You do that uh, by our first Wednesday night of every month now. That's the night. God's really spoke to me when we were away this week about that first Wednesday night. And that first Wednesday night is going to start following three days of fasting and prayer in this church because we're going to start really focusing Wednesday night to be a night of deliverance and healing in this house. And that there's going to be worship, and there's going to be a short word, but there's going to be a whole lot of praying for people and anointing people and watching God bring some real healings and deliverances in this house. So start setting that first Wednesday night aside. And then Saturday morning prayers. And I'm challenging every person in this church to commit to one Saturday a month. 
Not every Saturday. I know life's busy. But one Saturday a month to join us here at 9 o'clock to pray. And let's believe God for the greatest year personally and the greatest year corporately as a church we've ever seen. Come on, how many would do that? And if you commit to that, we commit to you. But how many will acknowledge that if you commit to this being the greatest year of your life, Satan's going to come with many distractions to keep that from happening? How many's already found that out? Amen? That, that every time you make that commitment, man, every distraction the enemy can bring, he's going to bring it towards you. And so I want to help you today, and I want to go into this series this month. Last month we talked about practical essentials. This month I want to talk about spiritual essentials, things that you must have in your life. In January, the first message we shared with you was on prayer, that the essential of prayer, and that's where God knows your heart and you get to know the heart of God. I want to start February with the first message on discovery because we shared with you last Sunday on our Vision Sunday that our theme this year is the word discovery or rediscover, that we find those, those gold nuggets. We find God's purpose. We, we discover the truth of God, and, or we go back and rediscover what we had and the enemy stole from us. But today I want to start with discover number one, discover God's word. I want to bring some light to what to many might seem like a boring topic because prayer is us talking to God. But understanding the word of God is God talking to us. And can I say this to you today? If you can only have one of those in your life, you need the Bible more than you need prayer. Because the Bible already answers 99% of the prayers you're going to pray anyway. And I need to hear from God more than he needs to hear from me. But thank God he lets us have both. But if you had to have one, the Word of God is the most important and valuable asset that you have in your life today. And so let's go to our text, John chapter 1. Let's get right into this today. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. God was, it was all there before he ever gave it to us in writing. He was there in the beginning. Without him nothing was made that he's been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What happened was the Bible tells us in other scriptures, there's so many, you can only pick the ones time allows you, but he became flesh. Why? So that this book, the word of God, would be more than a story out there. It becomes life that we can see. And he became flesh and became light in a world of darkness so that we could see. So he left the riches of heaven, became poor, became a man just like us so we could watch the word come alive. Now he says, we are that light, Christ alive in us. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives inside of me. And so now we get to take that gospel, let it be life-changing in our life, and we get to go out and be that light that the world gets to see Christ through. Called the Word of God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, and it says, For the Word of God is what? Living and active. If this book's boring to you, it's because of you. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's more than a history book. It's alive today. It's not telling me about yesterday only. It's telling me about today. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. You want to you know why many people don't like to read this book? It tells on you. 
It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. How many besides me has been in that book reading it and going, oh, you saw that too? (laughs) Oh, you knew I thought that? How many has found out that word will talk to you? It'll talk to you. All right? And so John 6, 63, it says the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. How many can say amen to that? Yeah, it'll get you in trouble. The words I have spoken to you are spirit. What? The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. But Jesus said the words I've spoken to you through my scriptures, they're life. They're spirit. And they are life. And so today I want to give you three areas or three points about the Bible that, that are spiritual, They're, you, you got to grab this part for the Word of God to really have the effect and impact. Because how many's ever read the Scripture and about a half a day later, you're going, what did I read? Might as well have the Pensacola News Journal out. It just didn't click. Well, I want to help you with that today. Because there's no book you will read that has more life, more truth, and more promise in it than this book. Number one... The word must be activated by faith. The word must be activated by faith. Faith is what causes the Bible to come alive. In Hebrews it says, for we also have had the gospel preached to us as they did. Now listen to this. We also have had the gospel preached to us as they did, but the message that they heard was of no value to them. It had no impact on them. Why? Because those who heard it did not combine it with We've got to come today and realize the word is activated by faith. Faith takes the natural and turns it into the supernatural. Faith is the substance of things hoped for with the evidence of things not yet seen. And and when you're reading this book and when you're studying this book, you've got to add some faith to it. And when all of a sudden I start reading the scriptures and then all of a sudden that scripture comes alive because I added some hope to it, my hopeless, and that God, you said this. And, and what reading the scripture does is it gives you the ammunition you need in your prayer life because now you're reminding God of what he told you. Now I've got some faith stirring up inside of me. Why? Because I've got some anticipation that what he said in this book, he's going to do for me. And, and you've got to come and realize that the word is activated by faith, but then faith is activated by revelation. Watch this. If you desire your faith to come alive, you must first have a revelation or a vision of it working on your behalf. That you can't just sit and read it and go, okay, whatever will be, will be. No, you've got to add some faith to that word that activates it, but then revelation activates your faith that now I can hope for things that haven't happened yet because I see them before they come. Calling things as though they are, though they're not yet, I'm speaking that word over my life. There's the logos word, which is the written or the spoken word, the logos word. That's, that's what we get when we open the Bible. We read it. I'm giving you a logos word right now. That's a spoken word. But then there's a rainbow word. And a rhema word is when the Holy Spirit takes that spoken word or that written word and brings revelation to it, brings vision to it that I see that happening in my life. I see that happening for me. That word's my word right now. That, that's my word in the season that I'm in right now. The doctor said I'm dying, but that word just became alive inside of me. And he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon him. But by his stripes I'm healed. 
comes my word, revelation. Revelation activates your faith, and when your faith is activated, the word works on your behalf. Many of you today, that book's become old and boring, and, and you hear me preach on Sunday, and you don't open it up until next Sunday. But you got to open up that book. I'm helping you today. you got to open up that book. It may not make sense today, but it'll make sense tomorrow. You'll be sitting at a red light, and all of a sudden, that scripture you read three days ago, Holy Spirit will get it and make it alive in you, and that's my rhema word. That was my word, and I didn't even see it then. That word, it'll bring revelation into your heart and your spirit. Luke 1 says, and the angel, here's an example. The angel's already told Mary, Mary, you're going to conceive and have a child. And Mary's like, I don't get that. Here she is. How's that going to be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin, that ain't working. Child, hadn't been with a man yet, that don't work. The angel answered, and said, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Revelation is now coming. She had the word already, but it didn't make sense. It was a Logos word. But now it becomes a rhema word of revelation because the angel's explaining it to her. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God, for no word from God will fail. I am the Lord's servant and now Mary responds, not with how can this be? May your word be to me fulfilled. And the angel left her. And at that moment, she conceived of the Holy Spirit and became pregnant. May your word be to me fulfilled. It became a rhema word, a word of revelation. I get it now. I haven't been with a man, but I don't need to be. The Holy Spirit is impregnating me with the Son, the Son of God, the man child. It's inside of me. And when she got a revelation of what was being spoken over her, she saw it. And when she saw it, she could now receive it. Amen. Some of you need to see God's miracle in your life so you can begin to receive it by faith. Amen. Call it forth, though it's not yet. Come on, you with me here? you got to grab hold of that. And, and a, a friend of mine, I worked for him. He was one of my bosses in the financial services. He put a thing. You may have seen it on my Facebook page. And, and, and we had an amazing time this past week with Jabin and the family over. Uh, Make-A-Wish sent us to Disneyland. It was just an amazing time. But something happened spiritually. And Jabin was wore out. He had Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse out, you know. They were all over him, man. They, they were. And, uh, and so he was tired, and, and so Friday I told them, I said, you guys go. Me and Jabin's going to hang in the room today, and we're just going to go hang out by the pool. And he can't deal with sun, and I ain't crazy about it either, so we sat in the shade out there. It was beautiful, and, and, and I just put him between my legs, and we lay, he laid back, and I rubbed his head, and he likes that for two hours. And, and I just talked to him and spoke over him and prayed over him and was telling him how blessed we were to be there as a family and how much we loved him. And we went back to the bed and into the room and lay down on the bed, and, and, and I checked I was checking with my office, and I checked the Facebook, and one of my ex-bosses had written on there, and it just came out of the blue. I hadn't heard from him in probably seven years. It just came out of the blue, and he said, Dan, just see you're in California. Man, I've never seen a person go through so much crisis in such a short period of time. Heart's out to you. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I laid there. And I first responded back by, yeah, it's been a tough, tough journey. And I laid back down, and I, then I responded to him privately, so I don't like putting all my stuff out in front of the world. But I went back to him privately, and I said, Larry, it has been a journey. But God just reminded me on every one of those stops of suffering and pain 
There's been a supernatural miracle that's taken place in every one of them that has given God glory and praise. When this building was destroyed by Hurricane Ivan, God miraculously, we had no 50% insurance on one of the buildings, and, and the insurance company came back to us and said, our board of directors have met, and we want to insure all three of your buildings 100%. A million dollars they spent in redoing these three buildings. When we opened a shelter, we didn't have a can of corn. God brought over half a million dollars of resources through our hands here to take care of the Katrina victims. When my son Tommy was killed, died on the scene in a motorcycle accident, and God resurrected him and gave him back to us. One struggle after another, and God took me back to the Word and said, you need to go back to Exodus and Deuteronomy. There's a key word in both books called remember. And you've got to go back, Dan, because I, I am going to lie to you. I was getting overwhelmed. I was like, God, is this, have you sent us here to celebrate my grandson's death? Is that really what this trip's about? Because they only give these to kids that are dying. And I turned a positive into a negative. Man, the Holy Spirit reversed that thing fast and said, now you go back and remember every struggle that you've been through in life. He said, I had a miracle waiting on the other side. It takes the test to have the testimony. And he said, this one's not going to be any different. I'm going to be glorified in this. And, and, and I'm saying to you that, that you got to come and start seeing not where you've been, not where you're at, but where you, you're anticipating going. you got to let God give you. Is it making sense to you? And I didn't mean to take all that much time, but I want to tell you today, you got to come and get a revelation of what you're expecting. Quit speaking death over what you're asking God to bring life to. That was worth coming to church for right there. Quit speaking death over what you're asking God to breathe life into. You're cursing it and then asking God to bless it. I've been guilty. I'm guilty. But I'm going to do better. Come on, you with me? All right? And so you've got to come and realize today that, that you've got to what? You've got to have the word is activated by faith. Faith is activated by revelation. But revelation is activated by meditation. The first time you open this book and read it, it's probably not going to click. But after you read it more and more, watch this. Here, let's just look at a scripture so I can move on. Very important. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. You know where the word meditate there comes from? The cow chew in the cud. Now, some of you country folks know what I'm talking about. Some city folks in here are going, hmm? Cow chewing the cud. Let me explain that to you city folks. That when the cow, that's why it doesn't take that much pasture to have a large herd of cattle because they'll go out and eat a mouthful of, of grass and they'll swallow it and they'll swallow it down and then they regurgitate it. And they vomit it up and they chew it again to get more energy and protein from it and they swallow it again and then up it comes again, and they chew the cud again, and, and then they swallow it. And five to six times, they will chew that same grass to make sure they get all the protein and energy they can get out of it. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, I know that's pretty gross. <laughs> I wouldn't advise you to go home and try that. But that's what he's telling us to do with the Word. Because if you want the Word to work on your behalf, you got to chew on it more than once. You got to chew it and swallow it, and then up it comes. We're going to chew on that some more and get some more strength out of that word and, and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Oh, I like this. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I mean, what's the best year of your life? You got to chew the cut spiritually. 
Well, that word's not working for me yet. Swallowed again. Chew on some more. Well, I hadn't seen my breakthrough yet. Chew on it some more. Well, I hadn't seen it. Chew on it some more. Meditate on that word because if you meditate on it, revelation is going to come from it. And if you get revelation from it, faith is going to be activated inside of you, and you're going to watch that word work on your behalf. Come on, anybody with me here today? All right? And so let's go spiritual now or practical now because God's word must be the foundation of your life if this year is going to be the greatest year of your life. It must be the word of God. And so Matthew, it starts like this. It says, these words I speak to you are not what? Incidental additions to your life. Homeowner additions to your standard of living. It's not that, but watch this. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. God said, if these words become the words of your life, the foundation of what you build your life, your marriage, your finances, your ministry, everything about you on, if these words become that foundation, You're like a smart carpenter. He didn't build on the sand, and the first storm washes it away. First crisis, I'm done. First time spouse upset you, we're through. First financial crisis, he did. No, no, I got a foundation under me. I don't get it yet, but he's coming through. This word's going to work for me. I'm still chewing on it. I'll swallow it again. I'll keep swallowing it until it works. You got to come and get that foundation. How do I do that? Number one, real quick, let me give these three to you. You got to accept its authority. Everything begins with attitude. Same with the Bible. Is this just a good book written by good men? Or is it the inerrant, infallible, perfect, never failing word of God to you? First Thessalonians, they put it like this. We also thank God continually because when you received, and, and here Paul's talking to them, and, and he came to them as strangers. They didn't know him. So he came with a word, and he's speaking a word to them, and they received it not knowing Paul, not knowing them. And here's what he says to them. We also thank God continually because you received the word of God, which you heard from us. You accepted it, not as the word of men, but actually as it is, the Word of God, which is at work in you who believe. And I want to make it very, very clear here today that Transformation Church believes in the closed canon of Scripture, that we believe that nothing can be added or taken away from this book, that this book is the infallible, inerrant, almighty Word of God, and that no man has the authority or the power to take a word out of it or put a word in it. Doesn't matter what law man wants to pass out there, we already had the law before man ever showed up. And it's called the Word of God, the infallible, inerrant Word of God. And we will support nothing or no one that goes against that book in that arena or on that topic because God's Word has the final say-so. And you have to come to that conclusion in your mind because if you don't, there's always a voice out there that's going to tell you, well, that was then and this is now and culture. And listen, cultures change, societies change, people change, but God's word stays true forever. He said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word remains forever. And you've got to come to an attitude that God's word is infallible. His word is the authority of your life. And then number two, 
And, and let me just throw this in on God's word. Quit trying to figure it out. I don't understand gravity, but if I jump off that roof, something's going to break. It just, they don't hurt at 57, they break. I don't understand it, but that don't keep it from working. And many of us are locking God out because we're trying to figure out how he's going to do it rather than just trusting him to do it. And that's what he was saying to them was, thank you for just accepting the word as it is, not the words of men, and then trying to figure out why we said what we said. You just took it at face value, and you believed it. You came as childlike faith, and it worked for you. Number two, you've got to embrace its truths. Embrace its truth. And we just kicked off our, our discipleship class. I'm going to keep repeating it. If you haven't been in it, I encourage you tomorrow night, man, come out. Get the notebook. Eight weeks, seven more weeks, Monday nights. It's life-changing. Get in it. Because watch this word come alive to you. One wife stopped me on the way out. She said, my husband never would read his Bible. He just couldn't do it, couldn't understand it. She said, after last week's class, he's had that Bible out every morning doing his homework. She said, I've never seen it in our entire marriage. It's like something ignited inside of him in this class. She said, if it didn't do anything else, it did that. I said, oh, that just adds to the list. All right? So how, how do we do this? How do we embrace this truth? Number one, by hearing God's word. By hearing God's word. Don't just read it. You need to listen to it. Now, once you write hearing down, I want everybody to look at me. You need to prioritize church in your life. Church shouldn't be a once a month thing. You need to be at church every Sunday unless you're dead or at work. And on vacation, but then go to church when you're on vacation somewhere. You can live stream now. But you need to be in church hearing the word of God. You want know, the tragedies is when we have to meet with teenagers who want to come to church, but their parents won't bring them. That's, I'm serious. We, we, we have to deal with that every week. Well, they want to come. How, how do we get them here? Because we can't get the parents. I'm not talking about unsaved parents. I'm talking about, yeah, those kind. You need to bring your children to church because when you don't, you're non-verbally telling them we don't need God that much. We're doing okay without him. Because they see you show up when crisis comes. They need you to show up when he's blessing you. That's good preaching right there. That was worth an extra offering right there. You need to hear the word of God. I know crisis happens. I know things happen, but the house of God should be a pattern. It was to Jesus. It should be to us. It's a pattern. Why? That I hear the word of God. Romans says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Number two, by reading it. By reading God's word. Can I tell you, you need to have a plan. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And I just want to, once you write it down, look at me again. I love iPad. I love technology. It took me a while to get into it. But I, I preach off of this. Oh, I've got sermon notes after sermon notes in there. But I'm going to tell you something. This is not what I read the Bible from. I read it from a paper Bible. You need to get you a paper Bible if you don't have one. I have one that's, that I've used all my ministry. I just can't bring it up here because it'll fall apart. And if anyone stole it, it wouldn't make sense to them because I've colored, lined. They'd say, I don't know who had this, but he was high. <laughs> he done colored it up. So this is my next one. 
but I read from this because scholars have proven it that you obtain five times more retention when you read from paper than you do from a screen. You need to get you a paper Bible that you can mark up, color, put notes on. Now, you know, I don't bring this to church with me and preach out of it all the time. I, I do that this because it's simpler for me. It's easier for me to follow my notes. But this is what I read from. And you need to get you one. If you don't have one and you don't have the funds for one, if you'll call our office, we'll get you one. We will make sure you have a good Bible in your hand. But you know what the other thing is? This is everybody's Bible. This one's mine. That's my Bible. It's got stuff in it that everybody else's Bible don't have. My stuff. That's when God spoke to me and made that scripture alive. That, that's what God said when I heard that message on that scripture. That, that's my Bible. You need to have you a Bible that you read daily. In Matthew chapter 4, y'all with me still? Jesus answered, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let me simplify this for you, and I want to challenge many of you. Again, my job here today is not to build this church, it's to build you. And if we build you, the church will automatically grow. This is a healthy church. We're not a perfect church because I joined it. But we're a healthy church. We have people come here every week with problems, but they're not problems. That's a big difference in the two. But that's why we have small groups and we have great coaches here and we have great leaders of ministry here. I counsel very little in this church. The leadership of this church takes care of 90% of that. That's a healthy church. It's not dependent on a man. It's a team. But here's what I want to show you. If you don't have a foundation where the word of God is being fed into your life every day, this will not be the greatest year of your life. It will be just like last year or worse. But if you'll do something different, Here's what I want to show you. There's 1,183 chapters in the Bible. That means if you read three to four chapters a day, you'll read the Bible in a year. But here's one I want to challenge some of you to join me. I'm, I'm doing it personally, so I'm going to make a challenge to you. There's 89 chapters in the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's 89 chapters, and that's the life of Jesus. The Synoptic Gospels bring us the life of Jesus. How many would love to pour Jesus into your life more this year than any year of your life? Just saturate yourself with Jesus. Here's what I'm going to challenge you. If, if, because there's 89 chapters, if you read three chapters of the Gospels per day, you've read the life of Jesus every month. And so I'm going to read the Synoptics, three chapters in the Synoptics every day, and that means every month I'm going to pour the entire life of Jesus in my spirit and in my heart every month. For this year. How many would join me on that journey? Three chapters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John every day, and we're going to pour Jesus in our life. At the end of this year, we're going to Jesus, 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 Jesus. When people get around you, they're not going to have to ask you, do you know Jesus? You're going to sweat Jesus. There's 150 Psalms. That means if you read five Psalms a day, you've read all the Psalms in a month. Just set you a plan and let that word come alive to you. And so I don't run out of time here and miss it. Time's already gone. But let me challenge you this because we have three groups of people in this church and the church is getting very balanced, which makes it healthy again. We have folks here that's been in church like me your whole life. We've got other folks that got hurt, wounded by the church, and I apologize for that. Somewhere in your journey, someone hurt you. You lost faith in the church, and you left for a season, but now God's brought you here, and we're so honored that you're here. We want to help you get back in and re-engage in your purpose and call in God. And, and then many of you have never been in church in your life. You didn't know John 3, 16 when you came here, and we want to help you 
But here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you do not have a devotion time going in your daily life, here's what I want to challenge you to do to start with, and let's make this year the best year of your life, is 15 minutes a morning. Not five hours, 15 minutes. Take five minutes and just turn some worship on and just get the atmosphere of God's presence in your life. And then take five more minutes and just read the Word. Just read the Psalms or read the Synoptics. Just three chapters. And then take five minutes to pray. And if you will do that for 15 minutes a morning, I promise you it'll make this year the greatest year of your life spiritually. And if it's the greatest year of your life spiritually, it will be the greatest year of your life. Are you with me? And so just try it. And here's last of all, explore God's Word. By exploring God's Word. Don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. (coughs) Let the Bible speak to you where you're at in life. In Psalms 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Don't try to remember everything you read because you won't. But here's what I do every day is I ask God to let one nugget stick out to me. Just let me get one nugget. Let me get one truth today out of those three chapters or whatever I read. Just let me get one nugget, one truth today. And if you get a truth today, that's a lot of truths in a year. Don't try to get it all. Don't try to eat the whole buffet. Just eat your plate. There was a restaurant we saw. It was a Chinese restaurant. It had all you eat don't mean all day. Eat, go home. It did. It really did say that. <laughs> Can I tell you, God just wants to bring some truth in your heart. Y'all with me today? Don't try to get it all, but get something. Get a truth for you. And then number three, and I close with this, apply its principles. Apply its principles. Apply the principles of God's word. Accept its authority. Embrace its truth and apply its principles. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Apply the truths of God's word into your life. Find a verse for every situation. Don't, don't close on me yet. I see you putting stuff up. Don't, don't leave me yet because this is important. Whatever situation you're facing right now, you need to find a scripture that meets it. You need to let that Logos word become a rhema word to you. You need to chew it, swallow it, and chew it again, swallow it, chew it again, swallow it. Until it becomes a revelation. And when rhema word takes place in your life, that empowers your prayer life. Because now you're reminding God of what he's already told you. We teach that in our How to Pray Effectively class. That small group, that, that one of the powerful things about prayer is when you pray scripture. When a rhema word comes alive to you, and that's what I did with Javen in that room, is I held him and I put both hands around his head, just like this on my chest, and I began to speak words of healing. And I began to remind God, you said this, and you told us this, and you promised us this. It's not my job to heal him. It's my job to trust you to heal him. I don't have the authority or power to do that, but you do. Here's what you told me. Here's what you told us. I'm reminding you of your word. And some of you need to embrace your marriage. You need to embrace your family. You need to embrace your health. You need to embrace your finances. You need to embrace your habits. 
you need to get that scripture and let that logos word become a rhema word until now it's a revelation I see my marriage healed I, I see my family whole I, I see my finances the breakthroughs coming I, I see the miracle of healing in my body and in my family I see it I, I see it it's not yet but I see it though it is you begin to declare it and remind God of his promises in your life when that word hits it happened with Tommy the hospital when they told us he was dead but God dropped a rhema word that I'd heard preached many times but it became rhema he shall not die but live and would declare the works of the Lord. And that Logos word became a rhema word. And you know what? In your time of discouragement, your time of defeat, your time of give up, your time of anger, your time of frustration, you need to go find you a word. Find you a scripture. And let that word become rhema word for you right now. And let God perform his word in your heart and in your life. Come on, you receive God's word today? Receive his word. Father, I thank you today for your amazing grace in our life. And I thank you, Lord, for everyone here. I thank you for your word. And I just pray today, God, that you'll let that word speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, God. Father, I pray over every person in this building right now that's going through conflict or struggle. I pray, God, let the word of God speak to their heart today. Give them a word in season. God, I pray that word becomes revelation. God, it ignites faith. And when faith stirs in our spirit, God, the word begins to work on our behalf. And I just ask a release, God, of faith and of expectation over this body today. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. While every head's bowed, if you're here right now, and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today, but the first decision I need to make is with Jesus that I just, I want him to be Lord of my life. And right now, some things have happened. I'm in a, a place right now I'm not happy with spiritually. And I just need to make a decision with Jesus today. Pray for me. If that's you right now, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not coming to you. I just want to pray for you. God bless you. You can put your hand up. God bless you. Anyone else, you just lift a hand. It's really for God to see more than me. I just need to make that choice today. God bless you. Anyone else, very quickly. I just want the word to be alive in me, Pastor. God bless you, young lady. I just need Jesus. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? About six hands so far. Anyone else? You say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. I'm ready today. This is going to be the greatest year of my life, but I realize spiritually it has to be first. Pray for me. Anyone else? If you raise your hand or you did not, will you pray this prayer with me? And if you're on live stream and you need to make that decision today, will you join us as well? You say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm saved. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for these that have prayed today.